This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Chungus Cast. It's been uh, a long hiatus, but we're back, and uh, joining me is Kyle from Season 2. Hell yeah. Big Chungus is back. (laughs) So yeah, so Kyle has had a lot of life developments, I guess, in the past six months, so I guess that's the point of this this episode. So why don't you just get get into it, Kyle? What what has happened to you? Uh, Well, I tried to quit my job because I was moving to Denver, Colorado, and they didn't let me um, because, well, I don't really know why they didn't. I guess they they, I guess they let me, but uh, I thought that moving to Denver, Colorado would make me quit my job in Virginia, and they let me stay. So I moved to Denver, Colorado, and started dating someone, and then immediately decided to start a business with that someone and then decided to start a podcast about that business. And now I'm working full time and trying to start a business and trying to start a podcast. So things have been pretty chill for the last six to eight months. That's a lot. Um, So wait, so let's start with the business, I guess. And also who you're dating if you want to get into that too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so my girlfriend, Emily and I are starting a pottery studio out here in Denver. Uh, so yeah, that, that time in my life was really crazy because I had been traveling around in my car, uh, out West, just kind of couch surfing and camping and whatnot for three or four months this past winter, and then decided to move to Denver and leave Virginia and then kind of, uh, simultaneously started dating Emily and just a few weeks or I don't know, actually probably more like a month, month and a half into our relationship. She was, she's an artist and she was looking to start specializing more in ceramics, pottery, whatever you want to call it. And she was looking for a studio where she could go make her stuff and throw and uh, fire pieces so that she could hopefully sell them. And that proved to be extremely difficult for her uh, finding a place, particularly within the Denver city limits. But just even in general, if you're driving out into the suburbs of Denver, uh, it's just super hard to find a place that's accepting new members for classes or just to go use the space at all. So that was uh, really kind of surprising to us. And she ended up finding a place that was uh, maybe 25, 30 minutes outside of Denver that she was driving to and then interviewed at this place called the Art Gym in Denver that is more of a general membership-based art space that does all types of stuff. They have all uh, types of different studio spaces and equipment. People make jewelry and paintings and whatever. That's much more of a broad space. And she was interviewing there and getting a tour and said she really liked it. 
to the guy who was giving her the tour in the interview, she said she really liked it, but uh, she's really trying to specialize in pottery right now and they don't have anything for, for throwing or firing pottery. So uh, it probably wasn't the right fit for her. And that guy said, that's totally fine. And she kind of offhand was like, well, you know, if you ever wanted to start a pottery studio of your own, boy, does Denver need one. And uh, so she told me that story when I asked her about her interview and, the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, I could uh, I could s- literally see Kyle hearing that sentence and just being like, "Okay, this is what I'm doing now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I well, I will say, and I, I actually talk about this a lot in in episode two of uh, the new podcast. But I really I knew immediately. I said to her, my response when she told me that story was, "Well, couldn't we?" I mean, I'm totally willing to run the business side. I've been wanting to run a business for a long time, something I'm super interested in, and you're totally qualified to manage a studio. So really, we have all the pieces we need to do it as long as we can figure out a way to fund it and you know a bunch of other logistics. But uh, that that was something that I knew. I was at the perfect crossroads in my life. I had moved to Denver, but I still had my job, was looking for a new one. I had been wanting to start a business for the past four or five years. And so it was a super easy decision for me. I was on board right away, but I really didn't want to push her. And so I gave her some time to really think about it because that's a big decision with someone you've been dating for. I mean, we'd known each other for a while before this, but in a relationship for whatever, not not two months at that point. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I gave her some time to think about it and uh, we decided to go for it, and we're about eight months in now to planning the business and uh, hoping to open this summer, City Mud, in Denver. So that's the story of the business in that, short. Wait, so that's what it's called, City Mud? Yep. Oh, cool. Who came up with that? Uh, she did. Oh, nice. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it, too. It's... uh. Yeah, I think simple and easy to remember. And o- Off topic, um, um, I just had... I just hung out with your old roommates this past weekend, and oh, yeah. uh, Ryan, who's one of Kyle's old roommates, um, his girlfriend's brother was in town, and they drink this type of coffee called mud or sludge, or some people call it jet fuel, and it's basically just um, forever for how many cups of of uh, coffee you have, you like have more scoops of the ground coffee. So if you are making five cups, you might have like seven scoops of coffee. Hmm. Uh, to, and it's incredibly strong and uh, some might say gross. But yeah. Wait, so this is just a coffee? This isn't like an alcoholic drink? No, it's just coffee. Yeah. Huh. Well, Just actually, imagine the strongest coffee you've ever had and double it. Well, I don't know, man. I've been to Vietnam and they make some pretty damn strong coffee over there. You have to drink their coffee with condensed milk or you'll like puke. <laughs> uh, but that's funny that you mentioned that because mud is a pretty common term for co- uh, coffee. It's pretty common in the pottery space and in the coffee space. And we would love one day to have a space where we can have an adjacent coffee shop to the pottery studio and have floor to ceiling windows where you can be chilling in a coffee shop, drinking your coffee and maybe having a pastry or something. And then looking over at people making pottery. And then of course, all the dishes in the coffee shop and everything you're eating and drinking off of would be uh, handmade from the studio. So one day we might be able to get that kind of double entendre going. If that's the right use of double entendre. I don't know if I've ever actually said that before. Yeah. I'm just imagining like that the types of people that live in Denver not to be a stereotypical person but I feel like they would absolutely jump at at this type of a coffee pottery bar place like so many people would just go there to study just so they could absolutely. watch the watch the pottery being made and stuff. Well, actually yeah, totally and that's also part of what we're going for just without the coffee shop, just the pottery studio is the fact that there are so few pottery studios in Denver for such a young liberal artistic city, uh, as you would imagine it, that 
there are so few pottery studios and none of them are really filling that hole of just that cool niche coffee shop vibe. So even without the coffee, I think that just being a cool space where people want to go, that's similar to going to your local coffee shop or your yoga studio is something that the the city really needs. Um, Hell yeah. Um, so you, and you're also starting a podcast around starting yes. the pottery studio. Okay. So, yeah. Yep. So, so what's that about? The podcast is not with Emily. The podcast is me and my friend Jasper, who I grew up with while well, we met in high school and have, so we've been friends for, I don't know, over 10 years. And he is a marketing business entrepreneur guru who started his own house cleaning business while he was in school I think his junior year at UVM University of Vermont and that happened to just fill a hole in the market that he didn't even know was there until he was starting it and he was literally building a business model step by step from a reddit post and built this house cleaning business, was immediately successful and profitable and was able to pretty much automate it. And he hung on to that for, I'd say, four years, I think is what it was. And then he just sold it this past year. And uh, so is he retiring now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, he's not. He's. Uh, I feel like he just made a lot of money, probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, he made, he made a good amount. And but no, he had definitely not enough to retire. Okay, okay. He's uh he's currently doing contract marketing work and is also I uh, planning on starting his own agency. And uh I don't it's in the, that's in the very early stages, so I won't get into the weeds on that, but that's kind of what he's doing right now. And him and his wife are probably well, they're they're planning to move to Lisbon in Portugal and uh, he's, he's going there for three months this spring. And I think they're going to kind of figure out where they're going to live and everything, but it shouldn't be a problem with the podcast. So a little sidetrack there on Jasper's story, but uh, Jasper and I have been talking business on the phone for four or five years. Ever since I graduated college, I kind of had this bug to start my own thing. And he was my one friend who really, was interested in that as well and had experience in it. So we've been talking about it forever and he's super excited for me to be starting this business. And I was just thinking about starting the business and how much I've been learning. And on a week by week basis, I've just been totally going into uncharted territory for me. I mean, I've never done anything like this and every single step we we make is something I've never done before. And that's super exciting for me, but it's also just so much information and so much stuff to do. And I really wanted a way to record this time in my life because it's just been so crazy. And so I was trying to think about how I wanted to do that. And I was toying with the idea of maybe a newsletter or a blog or a podcast. And in talking to my my two confidants, really, Emily and Jasper, about it, they both said they think I should do a podcast for various reasons, uh, one of which being that Jasper and I are already talking at least on a weekly basis for an hour about the business anyway, so we really just need to start recording, and uh, and then we have a podcast, so that's kind of how it started, and what I think is cool about this podcast, or and what will be cool, is that First of all, it's coming from a place of me not knowing. So if you've never started a business and you're listening along, you know, I'm pretty much in the same place as you. And it will be in real time keeping up with starting this business. I mean, our business is not open and I have no idea what's going to happen in the next six months. And you're going to be able to follow along essentially with the story as it's happening, as I'm hitting roadblocks and having problems and having triumphs. And uh, you'll be able to keep up on a week by week basis in real time. We're going to talk about, essentially we're going to spend the first few episodes catching up on the last eight months. And then, and then it's going to be present time. What's been happening this week? What have I been learning? What have I been doing? What concepts am I pondering? And what am I planning for, for the future that we're trying to set the foundation for right now? And really any other 
relevant business topics that Jasper and I want to talk about. And uh, we, we've kind of got this dichotomy going where he's more experienced in business than I am, but only has experience running online automated businesses. And I am not experienced in business, but I'm in the active process of learning and opening a brick and mortar business, which is something that he's interested in. So we can kind of bounce off of each other. And um, we just recorded our first couple episodes yesterday. And I think it went really well, you know, for a first recording. So I'm happy with it. Awesome. Yeah, no, that sounds really cool. That was a really good summary. Um, Have you been practicing that? The summary? Well, I pretty much just... Everything I've said so far, pretty much said on a podcast yesterday. <laughs> so, nice. Um, I guess I've been practicing in some to some extent. What, what but, is it? What's it going to be called? Um. Well, or do you not know yet? We're pretty sure we have the the name. Okay, but, you don't have uh, to. You don't have to announce it now. It hasn't. It hasn't been. Yeah. It would be really helpful though for this. Well, you know, I, I'm just so, gonna say it, and you could bleep. You could mute me out no, if it's not. No, don't, don't, because I'll just, I'll just put it at the end when I release the episode. I'll um, when I'll do the 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 bookends that I do right before I release, and that's where I'll have all the information. Oh, that is up to date. Since we're perfect. gonna del- we're gonna delay this. We're recording a February or January seventeenth right now, everybody. But I think we're going to delay this episode until Kyle is officially up and running with his podcast to get him the most clicks. If that's Thanks. what you want to do, I think so. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think it'll be too long. I mean, I already yeah, I got right. home and drank a beer and edited the first episode already last night. So hell yeah, um, yeah. yeah. You just got to go through the the nuts and bolts and get your hosting platform and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's also, you know, the another part of the reason why I'm starting this podcast is because it's really just a win-win situation for me. I mean, if it is interesting to other people and they want to listen, amazing. I'm super stoked that people want to listen. And if nobody wants to listen, I still have this record of this time in my life that I really want. And also, I'll be building a skill, which is podcasting and and long form conversation, holding my train of thought, you know, all that type of stuff I think is valuable. So especially I think podcasting is really still in the early stages as a medium. Oh, so, for, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And and I, there, I feel like there I don't know. There, There's a lot of um, different types of podcasting you can do there's some people who literally script every episode um word for word they know exactly what they're going to say when they're going to say it um and that takes a lot of work and stuff but they're almost like producing like an audiobook whereas there are people like me who literally have a couple of ideas i want to get to and and we'll see where the conversation goes Um, yeah i mean what did we just say before this conversation yeah well you want to talk before we record should we just (laughs) Shoot the shit and just go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's you know it's 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 kind of an umbrella category for a lot of different things. And then there's like the type of podcast that I despise, where they take like one interesting story and they uh, draw it out over ten episodes and try and get as many clicks as they want. And oh. people people seem to love that though. So I mean, I guess I don't know. Um, I don't know either. Are you? Is this supposed to be? You know funny am i not am i being no, too i mean usually we are well i was gonna i had some uh some stuff that we can get to okay. a little bit more light yeah okay yeah. so uh, here are some questions that the people want to know number oh, one boy. will uh what's it called mud party city mud city mud will city mud ever do a collab with sancho's broken arrow oh man that would be pretty sick um well, for people who don't know, Sancho's Broken Arrow is a Grateful Dead bar a few blocks away from my apartment that is the absolute dirtiest, diviest bar I've I, ever I, been I've to. never been in a grosser place or more like unclean like uh, uh, restaurant slash bar in my life, I think. Yeah. And in America. I really, in America. It's, <laughs> It's probably my favorite bar in Denver, so I don't want to throw them under the bus. No, yeah, it's great. It's great. uh, But it's it's an amazing spot. It's super fun, and you could go there 
any night of the week. And I mean, I've had probably one or two of my most wild nights in Denver on like a Tuesday at Sancho's where I just thought I'd swing by for a beer and then met random people. It's a very social place. But to answer your question, uh, if Sancho's was ever interested in (laughs) buying some of our stuff, then hell yeah. (laughs) Or if they wanted to, they actually, uh, those people own a few breweries and things and they they make some beers. Yeah. They, they have, uh, uh, what's the, uh, Dang, I'm blanking on the name of their brewery. But yeah, they have uh, some other spots around Denver that have like stages and they have live music and stuff. But yeah, no, that would be hilarious. Did I ever tell you I took my fiance's parents there when I was visiting in Denver? Oh, God. (laughs) Because I thought it was just going to be like, um, I didn't know there was going to be so much more like so much crazy people i thought it was i just saw like the how the walls are like completely covered with debt grateful dead stuff and like it's like there's no open wall space which there's I there's not I thought, even open ceiling space yeah i thought it was just going to be um like really artistic but like also it's also like a dive bar so there are no doors on the bathrooms uh there's um a collection of uh friendly uh for lack of a better term, alcoholics who literally just kind of live there. Um, yes, there are the definitely seats. what you would call regulars. There. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sancho's is is not the uh, place to bring your future in laws. But uh, but no, they they enjoyed it. I guess um, it yeah. was it was an experience. Yeah, you just might walk in and hear, you know, a 25-minute fish jam for the first <laughs> half hour you're in the bar uh, off that jukebox. But yeah, it's a fun place. Okay, here's an, here's another question. Will City Mud play exclusively jam band music at all times, more specifically fish music? <laughs> well, you got to remember that I'm a co-owner here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm part of a partnership. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Definitely not. <laughs> I might Dang be it. able to sneak some in on the the late night hours. We're hoping to be twenty four seven. So, um, oh my maybe, gosh, maybe we'll okay, get well, some that's, that's heady awesome. late night jams. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the goal, uh, and it's actually that's pretty common in the pottery space. So, like, um, if you're like a pottery artist and you have a monthly membership there, you can just go at two a.m. basically yep. and fire up the old spinner guy. Yeah, I don't know what it's the called. wheel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, and I think artists love that. They yeah, like no, to work I would at any random too. hour. Also, that's just a really good way to validate your price point. Is you right. can literally come here whenever you want. Right. So it's whatever you. It's however much you put in. Right. Right. The opportunities there. If we don't set a limit on how many hours, which we don't plan to, you're mm-hmm. allowed to come per month as a member then yeah yeah you really it's up to you to get your money's worth and you'll probably have like a skeleton crew working the night shifts or whatever no because um no 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 so members will have a some type of keyless fob some type of remote access where they can get in and then everything that's not the wheels essentially like the kiln room and any other you know the office space where we have our computers and stuff Mm -hmm. that will all be locked when when we're not there and then you'll just have access to go throw and then uh you know we'll come in in the morning and we can move whatever pieces were thrown overnight into the other room where the kiln is whatever gotcha gotcha yeah that's smart yeah yeah so that's what that's again that's what we're hoping to do, but mm-hmm. we're all everything we plan. We have to be flexible to right, right. Try sure. and make the business work. So um, you can have, but it's good to have goals. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, dude. I have been. This is a total pivot. Yeah, no, go for it. Pivot, city pivot. Mud, But I have been recently uh, engulfed in Denver, Colorado's, or just Colorado's. Uh, openness to online sports betting and i'm actively (laughs) fighting getting addicted to sports gambling right now because when you're in one of the like 10 states where sports betting is allowed these online sports books fight tooth and nail to get for sure you to use their site 
as you know your main gambling site so they offer these crazy promotions where it's like you make a ten dollar bet and then you get win or lose the bet you get three hundred dollars of free bets and so i've been doing all these promotions and i'm just like i lost my first four bets i was like i'm so bad at gambling <laughs> but it's so fun and then i've i just went two for two on the nfl games yesterday and now i'm feeling good i still got a bunch of free bets that i have to use in the next two weeks and i i just placed a uh four leg parlay to win seven hundred fifty dollars off of my fifty dollar bet today dangerous on, uh, game kyle I know. So what I, what I have to do is just as soon as I've used up all my free bets, I need to take my winnings and delete the app. And I refuse yes. to use yes. any of my winnings to put into another bet. And that's that's how I control myself. But also it's free money. I mean, three hundred dollars is a mm. lot of money to be like you're going to make your ten dollars back if you have three hundred dollars. to gamble. Yeah. So, sure. uh you know, I got to at least use the free promotions. <laughs> um, nice. So Denver just had some like crazy wildfires, right? Or no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it Boulder. wasn't wild. Boulder. Mm-hmm. Do you know anybody that was affected by that? Well, our friends, Sam and Dave from college. Oh, wait, uh, really? Not they. Well, they live in Boulder and yeah. they were at their house and could see flames coming up in the distance and had bags packed ready to go. And th- I believe it, the other side of their street got evacuated and they never oh got gosh. evacuated. So they were super close to being affected by the fires. And uh, I think, I think some of our other friends out in Broomfield, Kellen Nashley, uh, left for a night or two just to be safe because they got mm-hmm. puppies and stuff. So right. yeah, super scary. Damn. And um a bunch of people are I mean that like hundreds of families out of homes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's awful. I had no idea and I was asking Sam and David to go skiing with me and they were like the roads are closed. What the fuck? Why are the roads closed in Boulder? I had no <laughs> idea. I assumed it was from snow, but Nope. Uh, I, I don't watch the news, so <laughs> I'm not like, it takes me sometimes one or two days to, to know what's going on. Nice. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess we'll get into, is there anything else you want to say about city mud? Um, or your podcast? No, just check out the podcast. If you're interested in yeah, business, and I, I certainly would have loved to have something like this when I was, trying to figure out starting a business uh to just kind of have a roadmap and feel free to reach out and ask any questions if you'd like you can uh reach out to me either on the platform that you're viewing the podcast or on instagram uh my instagram is kyle sayer s-a-y-r-e underscore but and i'll I'll drop all i'll drop all his socials in the bookends and uh the podcast yeah yeah like, i'd spots. love to hear from you guys so yeah but yeah no i'm I'm just that i mean that's the most of my world right now is you know working my engineering job by day and then building this business by night and trying to build this podcast and trying to maintain a relationship while doing all of those things <laughs> uh nice. and skiing trying to still have some fun and <laughs> go see shows and stuff like that. Um, so I guess, I guess we can talk about some unrelated stuff for 15 more minutes. Maybe if yeah, you man. want, Absolutely. um, I'll, I'll just ask the question. I pretty much ask every guest. Um, what, if any, uh, do you know what a cryptid is? First of all, uh, I know that word, but I'm, I'm, Blank. Oh, it's like a, it's like a mythical like yeah it's like anything that is like in like that people think could be real that's in like folklore so like bigfoot the loch ness monster i guess oh yeah uh, like a werewolf i guess mm-hmm. which of any cryptids do you think that they're do you, what which one do you most believe in uh easy for me sasquatch for sure okay okay um and the reason why is because well 
I guess there are a few names for those types of uh Yeah, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, Yeti. I, I guess. I guess yeah. I'm actually kind of thinking of the Yeti and the reason why is because I read this book called The Longest Walk or The Long Walk. It's actually right next to me. Let me see. Wait. Oh. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm actually using it as one of the books to prop up my <laughs> microphone right now. It's under my microphone. The Long Walk. And it's a true story of this guy who in World War II escapes this prison camp in Siberia with a few other prisoners. And they walk from northern Siberia to India where they can be liberated and that's through the Himalayas, through the uh, whatever that big ass desert is out there, and the Gobi Desert. Yeah, the right? Gobi Desert. I think it was, and it's just this crazy journey. People die along the way, and it's it's a remarkable story. I, I honestly would recommend the book. But randomly, in the middle of this two hundred to two hundred fifty page book, you know you're just reading about this guy's life and story. There's this one section where they're in the mountains, the Himalayas, and they come across this, they kind of come upon this cliff where they need to go down and around. And down below the cliff, a couple hundred yards out, is this massive being that's like, I think he said eight to 10 feet tall with really long arms and is hairy. And at first they're saying that's just a huge fucking bear. And they sat and watched it for a couple of hours. They just didn't move. And were like, what the fuck is that thing down there? And it never got off its hind legs. So it wasn't a bear. It was way bigger than a human and was hairy and had really long arms. And, this is just one page of this book. He's just like, we looked at it. We had no idea what the fuck we were seeing. And then we just kind of moved on and I kind of forgot about it. And then 35 years later, I heard people talking about Yetis in on the whatever in a newspaper or a book, or I don't know where he heard about it. And it came back to him like, Oh my God, that's probably what we saw. And that's actually how, he ended up writing this book was somebody had heard uh, someone who was a Yeti person had heard that there was this guy in England who had firsthand sightings and they went to interview him and he told them this whole story. And the guy was like, Holy shit, man, you need to write a book. Like this story you just told me around the Yeti is insane. So that's why he wrote the long walk. But, uh, the fact that he was just so nonchalant about it, like it wasn't the purpose of the book at all. He just threw it in there and moved on. It really shook me up. Like I kind of believed him. Uh, so that was oh, the, wow. probably, yeah, pretty convincing so, to me. So and, you, sorry, sorry. Ahead. Keep No, keep going. Well, it's just such a remote. I mean, they were literally pretty blindly walking through the Himalayas. So like it was just a very remote area. And I think R- that, right. you know, there could be little pockets where there was just like a dying species and there might not even be any left now that that one could have died. Maybe that was the last one, but I believe at, at a time there could have been something like that in those mountains for sure. Well, Have you ever been to like a remote place on earth? Cause I've been up like just three hours North of Winnipeg by car um, in like the, the woods and you literally see nobody for a week. Right. So like, you, and, you know, there's tons of places where yeah. that's sort of. I agree. And also the, sh- like there were other sightings from, you know, the only other people who are that deep in the Himalayan mountains are shepherds. And there had been shepherds who had, you know, spoken of sightings as well of those types of things. So it's just only the people who are wandering by foot into those extremely remote middle of because you, you're thinking they're walking through the himalayan mountains so they're like dead in the middle of the himalayans it's not like yeah. unreasonable to think that we wouldn't know a couple of species that live out there obviously these ones are fucking huge so <laughs> higher chance of us seeing them but uh yeah i don't know 
What about, do you think that there's any Sasquatches in North America? Maybe at one time, but I but highly not doubt right any, now. No, I don't think anymore. Gotcha. Uh, I don't, I don't know if there is, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. You're Maybe almost in Sa- Sasquatch country. Actually, I guess you're a little east of that. It would be like, apparently like Oregon, Washington. Yeah. That's when I've it, been out there, that's where they, it all is down. They, uh, they're, when I've been out in Washington and stuff, you see tons of Sasquatch shit. Uh, which in, in that case, I think that's more of just a fun thing for people. But I do believe that there was some form of large bear-like human species at some point. I mean, dude, there used to be eight-ton sloths in North yeah, America. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> while humans were alive, there were like, gi- giant yeah. sloths walking around. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I guess it's kind of wild to say that there's a Sasquatch or a Yeti in North America, in in America, alive right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I mean, I don't know what the fuck's going on in Canada, but in America <laughs> right now, that seems crazy. But to say that there once was is not crazy at all. Oh, yeah. I, I totally believe that, too. Yeah, there used to be enormous like proven enormous ridiculous species around like walking through north america i just saw something about them considering reintroducing cheetahs to north america when when did we have cheetahs in north america definitely a long ass time ago (laughs) what yeah that's crazy i know because they're not even are they even in south america no i thought they were just in africa yeah, well, I don't know. I just saw something about it. Uh, that I feel like predators. I feel like there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, we can't even like protect our wolves. Like, <laughs> who's gonna go for letting cheetahs run around? You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm about it, but I feel like there are some uh, f- farm farming type people out in the in the west that don't want that to happen definitely not anyone who has livestock is like fuck reintroducing predators dude get out of here but how much do you know about coyotes um a fair amount i have a funny story about coyotes actually but i'll let you go first well i just am fascinated by the fact that coyotes are now in all 50 states only because we've been trying to kill them and Uh, they're like they, cockroaches the harder the more you try to eliminate coyotes like the way that they are instinctively uh programmed like to learning. respond yeah no they're not they, they literally so i don't know if you know this but no, when you when when coyotes uh meet up every night they howl and that's their way of that's roll call so okay. they howl at night and when they howl and they don't hear, so everyone has a distinct sound. Oh, okay. And when they, when someone's missing, they know. And immediately, all of the females in the pack start ovulating. They're, they, their body, <laughs> their body, or maybe not ovulating is no, their body kicks into like they, they want go into to, heat. They go into, they want to reproduce. Gotcha. It, whatever the right term is for that. Um, well, that's a pretty and, nifty technique i guess absolutely so if you kill one you think you're killing it but really what you're doing is getting that pack to have a whole new litter of babies and then if you break up the pack if you attack the pack and you're going after them they all disperse and they all completely break away from their pack forever and go out on their own and start their own new pack and family so now instead of having one pack now you're starting whatever it is 10 15 new packs and they just will completely move on to a new place and get rid of their old stomping ground so that's why people try to kill coyotes and they just spread out further and further and further and they're that's why they're everywhere and i'm not even sure that there is a way that has been found to really contain that wow yeah Well, well my story is that um um i live like basically kind of in a remote area considering how populous my county is 
Um, but I live right next to my grandma's house. She's no longer with us, but uh, we still have the house. Um, so it's like a pretty big plot of land. And uh, like between the two houses, there's a barn. And my grandma always was um, into feeding the foxes. Uh, oh, God. Just grandma stuff. Um, because she like felt bad for them and thought they were pretty and whatnot. And um, one day my dad noticed a new a new mother fox in the barn with a litter of, of cubs. And so he would always uh, give them like basically just a, um, a, a, a pan of dog food um, every now and again. And then eventually he realized those aren't uh, those aren't foxes. Those are coyotes. What? Um, yeah. So there is like a den of coyotes probably uh, like 300 feet from my I, I would say a, probably two football fields from my front door. <laughs> yeah. You guys don't have chickens, do you? No, uh, we have no, nothing that. So funny story. Um, One of my, I, I we've had two or three cats throughout the years. And one of the cats we had got basically mauled, but it didn't like, it wasn't eaten. It was just like disemboweled basically. And we found it. Um, and I, I always thought it was a coyote that did that, but that was like years ago. Um, but yeah, they didn't really bother us. Shoot. They, they, it was really funny actually. Like you could look out and see them like playing with each other. Um, like literally like, dogs would do as as puppies uh-huh like rolling around and like nipping at each other and stuff um, we just never had any tolerance for that yeah. in my house growing up because i grew up on a farm and <clears throat> uh we had chickens and yeah luckily no chickens for us i don't so I don't think we done anything. <laughs> inadvertently we have also been feeding the foxes over the years um, oh i see <laughs> i didn't know foxes went after chickens i guess oh I yeah everything i feel like we lose them more to birds actually to hawks yeah and I, w- stuff. I would i would say like hawks or like owls maybe mm-hmm. um, yeah but yeah oh actually a big one is skunks um okay we got I, a I don't lot know, of those too i don't know how much you know about skunks but skunks are nasty little fucks and <laughs> they so Actually, a funny story, kind of not really, but uh, when I was in eighth grade, I was just living, obviously, with my parents, and my mom one morning told me that early in the wee hours of the morning, she had heard the chickens making a bunch of noise, and usually she would have gone out. I don't know why she didn't. Maybe she wasn't sure if something was wrong, but she was like... I don't know what it's going to be like out there. And I'm being whatever I was, 12 years old, trying to be the man in the house. Like, oh, mom, I got it. Don't worry. I'll go check on the chickens. And also just happened to be flying to New Zealand with my mom. Like the next day, my mom and I were going on this big trip to New Zealand. because My older brother was studying abroad there in college. And so I was about to get on a basically... 24 hours of flights in in the next day and i walk out to the chicken coop and the first thing i see is the outdoor part of the coop that's just chicken wire and there's like four or five chickens with their necks snapped just dead lying in the coop and then i go and i open up the lid the roof of the indoor part of the coop there's like two more dead chickens, one standing on a perch, fucking shaking in his claws, and one dead one with a skunk, like, curled up spooning it, big spooning it. And I was like, fuck, shut the the lid, because I don't want to get sprayed. I literally wouldn't have been able to go to New Zealand if I got sprayed by that skunk. And <laughs> they would not have let me on a plane. And I went back to my mom. I was like, it's bad. We had like two chickens left and the rest of them were all killed. And what we figured out was the skunk burrows. It digs a tunnel under the coop so that it can get in. Even if the coop's all locked up, digs its way under, comes up in the coop, and then they snap their necks and drink their blood. I shit you not. That's what skunks do to chickens. Wow. How do and they, how do they snap the necks? Like, do they, they just bite, bite they it? They just bite and them and, and then they and rip. Yeah. So, gotcha. so he killed, like, he didn't just, like, take one and eat it. He killed, like, 
all of the chickens because he was just just sucking on them, um, which is pretty Thirsty. wild. There are a <laughs> lot of random. I mean, I came home last summer, or maybe it was summer 2020, but I came home for like a week and was just excited to be home and see my friends and my family. And I got there and my very first morning wake up and my brother's like, Kyle, you got to go out and bury a skunk in the horse paddock. There was a skunk in the chicken coop. I had to shoot it. You got to bury it. I was like, wow. Well, welcome home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what it was? Actually, we wouldn't have shot it, but like that, the one in the story I just told, we didn't shoot it. We, Mm -hmm. we left the coop open and it eventually left. Like we opened the door to the coop. The reason he had to shoot this one was because it got caught in a trap. Oh no. Uh, That was like, I think we had put a trap next to the coop because they had been getting snagged or something. Uh And then it was like, there wasn't really a safe way to get it out of the trap. Gotcha. I don't know. It was something like that. We're not bad people. Was it just like a, was it like a no kill trap that went, went badly basically? No, it was just like a, it wasn't, there was no harm intended in the trap. Yeah. Uh, It was like the, it was like the box ones. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've used those a bunch. I guess you just like put some food in there or whatever, but Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And I mean, I, there's just been growing up on, I mean, it's a pretty small farm, but some pretty funny stuff happened to me. One time I had a squirrel jump on my face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was taking out the trash and we had this little shed that the trash was in. And I, I opened up the door and I heard something scurrying around like a chipmunk or something. And it was just running around on the ground. And I was like, just tired and whatever. I was like, it'll, it, it'll either just hide in the corner it'll run out the door by me right and so i was just pretending it wasn't there and just throwing trash in the trash bins and then squirrel jumps up on top of one of the trash cans and then springboards out the door onto my face like for a split second i mean not even a half a second there was a squirrel fully (laughs) frontal on my face and and then just use my face as like a springboard, like jump off my face and then jump off and run away. And I just stood there in shock for like 30 seconds, nice. just touching my face, wondering if that was even real. Uh, but yeah, there's all cool. types of all types of weird animal stuff going on all the time. Uh, all right. Farm. Well, last question, I guess, before we wrap it up. Um, have you ever experienced anything uh, paranormal? Um, and if so... Do you have a good story about it? And it's okay if you don't, because I don't really have that many interesting ones either. Yeah. Or any, to be honest. Um, I'm thinking. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, okay. I, I spent a lot of time uh, in 2020 at our friend Matt's house in upstate New York. and Oh, uh, yeah. That That's house... supposedly haunted. Well, yeah, so the the previous owner killed himself in the backyard uh and oh i did not know that part wow. <laughs> yeah yeah the previous well okay also the previous owner was almost definitely mob affiliated um they were a capone family and he basically owned half of this town in upstate new york which screams laundering money for the mob and mm-hmm. That's what that's what everyone does <laughs> in upstate New York, or that's what everyone does in the mob is get a place in upstate New York and buy a bunch of businesses, and uh, and there are I mean a million things that go into this guy being a mobster. But I say all of that to say that I he the story is that he shot himself in the backyard, but who who, who really knows, knows who knows what happened? Who yeah. knows who pulled the trigger there, or but, where, or if he's even dead. Oh, now, now we're talking, but, yeah. uh, yeah, we would, uh, talk a lot of shit on his ghost in the house because we were <laughs> You're trying to get a reaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, there was some creepy, I mean, there are some really weird, there's this one really creepy door into this, the, the house was totally disheveled with water damage and it was just falling apart and it's since been renovated, but oh, the nice. house was very creepy in and of itself. It was unfinished, unfurnished, and there was this one really fucked up gross room that the door leading into it had a doorknob in the center of the door, which 
is just really strange looking and weird when that door happens to open up into the most fucked up room of the house. Mm -hmm. And, uh, right on those walls there are these lights that you just couldn't control that were always flickering and there is this one uh bathroom upstairs that was off limits that was didn't work and the door was always closed and uh a few of my friends who i wouldn't expect to fall into that type of stuff had some really creepy moments walking by that closed door when they were walking up the stairs, like they could just feel someone on the other side of the door. So there was some definite creepy stuff going on in that house, but that's probably the closest thing. That why that I why was that of. room fucked up though? Besides just the lights? Uh, it's just like, it was all just like broken tile and like weird stained walls and stuff because it's the house is right on a Creek and there had been some flooding and stuff, and it just oh, gotcha. looked really. It was just. It was yeah. an unpleasant place to be. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, cool. But yes, that's that's probably the closest thing. I mean, I'm not. I mean, no, that's that's a, that's a good answer. That was a good pivot. Yeah. All right. Um, well, this has been fun, Kyle. Do you have anything else before we head out of here? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just all right. Cool. Just check out the podcast and tell people about city mud and uh we're about to get things fired up as far as social media and start kind of promoting it uh in the next couple of months here so i know whoever's listening to this i know you know someone in denver so tell them about it <laughs> that's and, probably true <laughs> yeah tell them about it and uh tell them uh, check out the podcast if it if it it sounds interesting to you and uh thanks for having me on yeah man absolutely done thank you guys so much for listening huge shout out to uh mr kyle sayer for coming on and shout out to emily his girlfriend and you know best wishes with their business success if anybody here is listening in the denver area or plans on traveling to the denver area soon uh please check out city mud you can check out the uh the website citymud.com uh or the Instagram at City Mud Denver, and I believe Kyle has launched his podcast Talkin' Mud. Uh, so yeah, you should definitely check that out as well. I'm sure all the links to that stuff is in the website I just mentioned. But yeah, again, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, best of luck to Kyle. Bye. <laughs>